This week on Viewpoints. If someone demonstrates financial needs, they should not be required to borrow anything. It should entirely be with grants. Continuing the conversation about a lack of affordability in higher education. Then, would you put a pet to sleep for a significant amount of money? Or would you alter or rework your child's college application if you thought it would get them into a college that they wouldn't otherwise get into? Asking ourselves the difficult questions. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price and participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Last week, in the first half of Viewpoints, we touched on the current student loan crisis. More than 43 million Americans have this type of debt, and that number is only growing. Recent headlines have brought some relief as the Biden administration announced it's canceling 10000 or, for lower-income borrowers, up to $20,000 in student loans. But while this is a step in the right direction, it does little to solve the real long-term problem. That is, the lack of affordability for current and future students pursuing higher education. In recent decades, tuition costs have skyrocketed, leaving no choice for many people but to go into debt if they want a degree. The College Board, a higher education nonprofit, just published its latest numbers on the average cost per year for an in-state student attending a four-year public university. The average tuition and fees are $12,310, but if you add room and board to that, you get to $23,250. So in other words, you got to add about $11,000. And that's just for room and board. That doesn't include transportation, books and supplies, et cetera. And so the total budget on average for a public four-year in-state student is now $27,940. That's Sandy Baum a higher education expert and a non-resident senior fellow at the Center on Education Data and Policy at the Urban Institute. Baum says that even if you round down to $27,000 per year, multiply that by four years, and the total cost of an undergraduate comes to about $108,000. Currently, 70% of students earning bachelor's degrees leave with debt by the time they graduate. Mark Kentrowitz, a financial aid expert, believes that the government needs to better support students by offering more grants in place of loans. 
This form of financial aid is better than borrowing for those who can qualify because it typically doesn't need to be paid back. But some might be wondering, why should the government spend even more? Tentrowitz argues that this long-term investment on students yields a net positive for the budget. A bachelor degree recipient pays more than twice the federal income tax of a high school graduate. That increased federal income tax revenue covers the cost of the financial aid that enabled the student to get that degree in about 10 years. Most people work for 40 years. So there's 30 years of pure profit to the federal government. It's not just a good investment for the federal government. It's the best possible investment. It's the equivalent of a 14% annualized return on investment. If you came to me and you said, I've got this investment that's going to pay you 14% a year for 40 years, I'd ask you if your name was Bernie Madoff. Currently, each year, about 30 to 40% of all undergraduate students take out federal student loans. For some low-income students who refuse to go into debt, the alternative is working full-time and trying to make ends meet. If you're told you're going to have to borrow more for your college education than your parents earn in a year, that'll give you pause. And that stops many low-income students from pursuing a college education because they usually don't have much experience with debt. And if they have experience with debt, it's a negative one. So they fear debt, and that stops them from enrolling. Whereas middle and high-income students may not like debt, but it doesn't stop them from enrolling. And there are some cultural groups, ethnic racial groups, like, for example, Hispanic students who would rather work three jobs than borrow. And when you work a full-time job, you're half as likely to attain a bachelor's degree within six years as compared to someone who works only 12 hours or less a week during the academic term. Not to mention that part of the college experience is building a network. This requires time. One initiative that would greatly help low-income students is increasing the maximum cap for Pell Grants. The cost of the program annually is less than $30 billion a year. That's a drop in the bucket when it comes to the federal budget. It's partly political because college graduates tend to be slightly more likely to vote Democrat than Republican. So originally, the Higher Education Act of 1965 was enacted with strong bipartisan support. Since then, however, the political parties have differentiated with regard to their support of a college education, even though both Democrats and Republicans benefit from it. Kentrowitz does support the one-time relief plan recently announced by President Biden. However, he agrees that it's merely a band-aid that doesn't address the root of the problem. At current borrowing rates, we'll be back where we were before this forgiveness in just four or five years. So it's not, it's a one-time event. It's not a permanent solution. The things that we need to do in order to solve this is to replace the loans with grants. And if someone demonstrates financial needs, they should not be required to borrow anything. It should entirely be with grants. Now that'll cost an additional 30 to $40 billion a year, but that's affordable for the federal government. I mean, that's a small fraction of the military budget. And I dare say that it has at least as much importance for national security 
as an additional aircraft carrier. He notes that there would also need to be limits on these grants, one being that students should be limited to in-state public universities, which would come at a much lower cost to the government. We should provide enough grants so that they can go to a good quality college, like an in-state public college. They should be guaranteed coverage of the cost of a college, not any college. It'll be like the current treatment of elementary and secondary school, where public K-12 to is free, or mostly free. If you want to send your child to a private high school, you pay for it. We should do adopt a similar model for higher education. I mean, public college should be free, free textbooks, free tuition, other major expenses should be covered. If you want to send your child to a higher cost private college, well, then you'll have to pay the difference. This model of paying the difference would also give students more options to seek out programs that would normally be unattainable. At the same time, it ensures that low-income students who don't want to accumulate any debt can get a degree somewhere. The upside is that it allows the country to prevent more debt from piling up while still making an investment in students that over time should be paid back in the form of income tax. To find out more about student loan forgiveness, financial aid resources, and our guests, Sandy Baum and Mark Kentrowitz, visit viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zuveri. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, exploring the moral and ethical dilemmas of certain scenarios when Viewpoints returns. Join Macy's and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America to empower kids across the country to reach their full potential. Throughout the holiday season, donate online or round up your Macy's store purchase up to 99 cents and donate the extra change. You'll help make meaningful matches between adult volunteers and children, creating positive relationships that have a lasting impact. Give back today and find out how we're empowering brighter futures at macy's.com purpose. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 85% water, right? 85% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent. Here's football legend Howie Long for Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. The world has gone hands-free, using the phone, turning on your lights, heck, even driving. However, if you want to put on a pair of sneakers, you still need to bend down and help your feet in. Until now. Introducing Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. Let me tell you, these things are amazing. You don't need to lace up, and they're even better than your standard slip-on sneakers. This is next-level slip-in technology, where you don't need to reach down and help your heel in. You just step in, and off you go. It's that easy. So what's the secret? There's a special smooth comfort pillow in the heel that helps your foot slide into place and also keeps your feet secure in heavenly comfort, which means they stay on just like a pair of laced-up sneakers. And you can even slip into them while you're sitting down. Make your life easier and go hands-free with Skechers' new hands-free slip-in footwear. You'll never have to struggle putting on your shoes again. Get hands-free slip-ins for the whole family at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold.
Someone once said that a question is the start of knowledge. Most of us presume that's because we ask the question until we get the right answer. Well, not all questions have or need correct answers. That's the idea of a book by bioethicist Dr. Gregory Stock titled The Book of Questions. It's more about the process. A good question really leads to more questions rather than gets closed off with answers. And there are no right and wrong answers to this. It's more about our values, about who we are, about understanding others. So that's why I love questions. Some questions probe the state of our society and our world, such as, do you think the world will be a better or worse place 100 years from now? Do you see our present world as a better place than the world of a century ago? Why? Others are more of a look inside our personalities. How would you answer the question, what could someone figure out about you by the friends you've chosen? Some questions Dr. Stock poses, though, have no basis in reality. The situations described in them could never really happen. But Stock says they speak volumes about who we are. I've found that sometimes there are situations that you probably wouldn't face. A really good example is if you're not involved in a relationship and you're sitting in a cafe and you look at somebody that's maybe three or four tables over and you just know. If you go over and introduce yourself, you're going to fall madly in love with that person. They're going to be in love with you. It's going to be the stuff of dreams, better than you ever imagined. But you also know that six months from that point, they're going to get hit by a car and killed. Do you go over or do you walk away? Well, that kind of crystallizes whether love is an experience for you or whether it's an investment in your future. And people really feel very strongly about it. It's not obvious what your answer would be on that. And you learn a lot about yourself and about others. And that's not an experience that you're going to run into ever. Suspend disbelief. It's like you can be really impacted by a play or a novel, and yet it's outside of your own experience. Stock also poses hypothetical questions that we might have to answer sometime in our lives. And it's often necessary to think about them in advance. One example in the book comes from Stock's own life. If your mother were in pain, bedridden, and a few weeks from death, and she begged you to give her poison so she could take her own life, would you find a way to get it for her? That is a real issue. That particular question that you just came up with is a very poignant one for me because that is the situation with my own mother. She had terminal cancer and had fought it for about 20 years and then was in a situation where she had asked me if I would get her something so that she could commit suicide because she didn't want to go and get hacked apart in a hospital to extend her life for another week or something. You know, I had told her many years before that she had to get it herself and that I would tell her what she needed to do. And she had gone about and done that. And when the time came, I had told her that if ever she were going to take poison, that she should tell me and I wouldn't stop her, but I wanted to be with her. And I got a call one day. We had 24 hours to get down and be with her. And in fact, we sat around with her, the rest of the family, while she took phenobarbital. So these things are very real, and you hear these things from other people, and they really can move you, even though they're not your own experience. Sometimes we change our minds, but sometimes we don't, or they lead to insights, and we learn a lot about other people as well. Stock says that the decision to not directly help his mother take her own life wasn't based only on its being illegal. You also don't want to help a person 
because you don't know whether it's a momentary thing or whether it's something that they're really deeply feeling over a long period of time. So it was kind of my way of dealing with if you really feel that way, then you'll take care of that aspect of it yourself. And she did, and I sat with her. I didn't try and stop her. I'm sure it was illegal what we were doing, but still, these things are very difficult that you grapple with. Some of the questions are of a lighter nature and concern scenarios that you might find on reality shows these days. One asks if you would be able to stand up in a crowded restaurant and obnoxiously berate a server over a trivial matter if you would get $5,000 for your trouble. Stock says it's not so much a question of how horrible you make the server feel as how you feel that guides the answer. It is about a personal thing because probably a server deals with annoying guests all the time, but it's whether we could be such a person, you know, whether we would be comfortable embarrassing ourselves and acting like a jerk in public. But even if the waitress or waiter would be comfortable with it, Maybe we wouldn't be, because the follow-up to that is, would you change your mind if you were going to share the money with the person and you knew they would be very grateful for it? So it's kind of where we will push ourselves as well in terms of being uncomfortable in situations. Stock asks a great many questions that deal with money and how much it motivates you to do difficult things. Would you put a pet to sleep? for a significant amount of money? Or would you alter or you know, rework your child's college application if you thought it would get them into a college that they wouldn't otherwise get into? So it's things that are difficult sort of issues and that it's interesting to hear what other people say about them too. There's a question in Stock's book about a very touchy subject, infidelity. It poses a dilemma that could hurt a relationship no matter what your answer. He asks, while on a trip... Your spouse or lover spends the night with a stranger. If you knew they'd never meet again, and you otherwise would never find out about it, would you want your partner to tell you? It's something that certainly people like to talk about and think about is, you know, at what level is there a betrayal? Would they want to know or would they not want to know in the abstract? And it's probably a good conversation to have because sometimes people are under misunderstanding. Personally, I would like to know, even if it was very, very difficult to deal with, whereas some people at least think initially that maybe they wouldn't like to know. They would like to live a lie, but eventually it often can come back to harm you. Although, like I say, there's no right and wrong answer. I mean, in some situations, maybe it would be better not to know. But certainly we're dealing with some very difficult issues for something like that. Dr. Stock says that people who have grappled with the questions in his books find that the journey is an instructive one for them their spouses, family, and friends. As he said over and over, it's the journey to the answer, more than the answer itself, that's important. He adds that the feedback from his books has shown him that people appreciate the opportunity to think about ethical situations and how they'd resolve them for themselves. It's one of the most gratifying things that I've done because it's opened up conversations for people that they might not otherwise have had. I've gotten letters from people who have gotten married because of the book, who, you know, have gotten to know things about their children or their parents that were very, very gratifying and rewarding because it kind of gives people permission to talk about things that are so awkward or that could be just difficult to bring up. And that can be very exhilarating. It's nice to be talking about things that you care about or 
an opportunity to talk about ourselves, which is what we really like to do, to talk about the juiciness of life in one way or another. You can find more than 290 poignant, probing, funny, and insightful questions in Gregory Stock's The Book of Questions, available in select bookstores and online. You can always find more information about all of our guests on our site at viewpointsradio.org. This segment originally aired in January 2015 and was written by producer Pat Reuter. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. Join Macy's and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America to empower kids across the country to reach their full potential. Throughout the holiday season, donate online or round up your Macy's store purchase up to 99 cents and donate the extra change. You'll help make meaningful matches between adult volunteers and children, creating positive relationships that have a lasting impact. Give back today and find out how we're empowering brighter futures at Macy's.com purpose. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. This is Viewpoints Explained. I'm Ebony McMorris. Last month, more than 150 people lost their lives in a deadly crowd surge in Seoul, South Korea. Most of the dead are young people in their teens and 20s who were out celebrating ahead of Halloween. The disaster happened when hundreds of partygoers found themselves jammed into a narrow alley with nowhere to go. As the crowd kept piling in, people began falling on top of one another until the force of these crammed bodies became unbearable. The tragic consequence was that people were essentially suffocated to death, unable to breathe under the pressure. Experts say that crowd surge is so deadly because this process takes place so quickly. Individuals find themselves trapped in a growing crowd and have no way out. It's disorienting, anxiety-inducing, and so easily fatal because someone can lose consciousness in as little as 30 seconds. This same phenomenon happened last year at rapper Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival in Houston. Ten people died as a result of the crowd surge at that packed concert. So, how do you avoid these types of situations? Experts say be aware of the type of event you're going to. Standing room concerts or festivals are more deadly than seated events because the crowd can suddenly swell. Once you're at the event, take note of where emergency exits are and try to be near one if it's a large crowd. If all else fails, put your arms in front of your chest and try to create room for your lungs to inflate. Keep calm and don't waste air on yelling or screaming. Make your way towards the edge of the crowd if you get a chance to move. While crowd surges are rare, it's a possibility at every large event 
and it's important to know what steps to take. That's Viewpoints Explained for this week. More in a moment. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine American culture, what's new and old in entertainment. In the build-up to Halloween, many of us get in the spooky mood by watching horror movies like Nightmare on Elm Street or, naturally, Halloween. Before Christmas, seasonal cheer leads people to dig out their old copies of It's a Wonderful Life or Elf, but there aren't many Thanksgiving movies. Of course, you can watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, but that's only 30 minutes long. So what can be done to fill the void? Let me propose that you give the movie Stuck in Love a try. Before I get too deep in this, fair warning, the movie is sitting at a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. But don't let a formula tell you how to spend your holiday season. The movie was directed by Josh Boone, who went on to direct The Fault in Our Stars and is currently making an X-Men movie, The New Mutants. So clearly there was something studios saw in the guy, even if critics didn't click with his debut. Stuck in Love is a melodrama slash rom-com that follows a family over the course of a year, beginning and ending on Thanksgiving. It features young love, family strife, and several winning performances by Greg Kinnear, Jennifer Connelly, Nat Wolf, Logan Lerman, and Kristen Bell. It's in the same vein as Parenthood, or This Is Us, and while it is dramatic, it culminates in a finale that celebrates the enduring love of a family despite their many differences. It's not horrifying like a Halloween movie, or bright and cheerful like a Christmas movie, it's dramatic and emotional, which seems perfect for the Thanksgiving holiday. Stuck in Love is available to rent on Amazon Prime or in the Google Play Store. I'm Evan Rowe. You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want to straight talk to facts about a Govix. Or Govix Religolix 120 milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact. Or Govix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Or Govix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Or Govix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain, decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems. Orgovix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with Orgovix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.